0: Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
2: Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Fry Deuce. Fry Deuce. February 19th. What time is it? Ten sixteen Mountain West
1: time, Joey? <laughs> oh, 12-16. Oh. Swerve. Swerving 12, it. 16. Yeah, It's not even a fry deuce yet for uh, the West Coast. What time is it in India? We have listeners in India. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Indian in India. Our Indian listeners can let us know. No, we don't. We're not live. Yeah, like... right.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! Dedication. If somebody hit us up and was like, "It was this exact time when I,"
2: yeah. Um... Thursday night slate, three games, not a big night of games, but some interesting games to talk about for sure. Uh, All-star starters came out today um, or Thursday. Uh, And the pretty funny quote that we're going to talk about at the end of the show (laughs) or or interesting quote, I guess, I don't know how to say it. it It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, But, but Alex, I think like, we know we've talked about this, maybe even on the show, but definitely off the show, how like when you do an independent podcast or smaller podcast, part of the ability to grow is to have a social media presence that neither of us have. You're not on social media. I am, but I'm obviously I got in it late in the game and, you know, I'm still trying to figure out building it up. I feel like I took a pretty big step in the process of, Becoming like a legitimate Twitterer, social media -er today, because for the first time today, I got called a casual on Twitter. Mm. Uh, Uh, Christian Wood, who called casual? No, no, some dude with a hundred followers. Fox Sports Florida, or whoever Fox Sports South or whatever it was that broadcast the Heat game, they they made a graphic because Jimmy Butler had back-to-back triple-doubles for the first time in Heat history. And he's one of five players with multiple triple-doubles in the history of the franchise. And the graphic had LeBron, D-Wade, Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Hassan Whiteside. And I tweeted, Hassan Whiteside, and I, I quote tweeted it with the graphic and I just wrote, I feel like Hassan Whiteside being on this graphic really diminishes the importance of being on this graphic. And some random dude said, you casual, shaking my head. <laughs> wow. And then um, did you argue
1: with him for the next two no, hours? Or No. I, I thought about bite. I was about to be like, all right, I'll bite.
2: Want to explain? <laughs> but
1: I didn't. <laughs> didn't Hassan Whiteside like literally have a triple-double with no assists? Like, you know, the Kanye I, line? None of them were. They were all with blocks. But I'm saying
2: like he had zero assists. Oh, in, in probably. Listen, um, listen. We'll talk about the Heat game here in a second. That game just ended. But look, two years ago, Hassan Whiteside was on the Heat. They traded him and then went to the finals. This offseason, Hassan Whiteside could not get a team to sign him. Now he's on the Kings, who have the worst defensive rating in NBA history. So just, I mean, that's all I got to say. No, I think you're just a casual. Yeah, I'm kind of casual. But it's fine. I am. A, I mean, I'm a ca- ca- I mean, what does that mean when they like, I'm a casual fan? I'm kind of a casual fan because I'm less of a fan and more of an analyst <laughs> at this point in my life. I think it's no, I think it's like a casual NBA
1: like follower. I should have been like, you're hey, dude, avid.
2: I, I should have been like, hey, check my profile. Yeah. Look at how many podcasts I host. Yeah, that would have got him. <laughs> he seems like a guy that would have, yeah, his mind changed pretty quickly. I wanted to do the thing that people do on Twitter now where they like, go back to like, they go back to in like people's tweet history and find one where they were like blatantly wrong and Mm -hmm. screenshot it. And then just write this, you, (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't, I didn't give him that much time. I was, yeah, you probably, he probably probably, partially because I was busy watching the games that I was tweeting about. So, um, yeah, but hey that's 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 a start, man. Got to get engagement, whether it's good or bad, right? And I'll take a million people calling me a casual. I don't care. Just, just react. Yeah, and listen to the show too. That's the big one. Yeah, that yeah. That, that that's what we need. Yeah. By the way, speaking of listening to the show, thanks for everyone who is who is listening to the show. First week down. This is our, the end of our first week with Blue Wire. We're pumped to be part of Blue Wire podcast. and. Obviously, it's a slow build because we had to change our our feed and a lot of people are still refinding it. Uh, Old listeners are still finding it, I think. And it's going to take some time. We knew that. But for those of you who are listening, we appreciate it. Please go rate, subscribe, rate, and review because that helps always. But hey, we appreciate it. Uh, So let's talk about, there's one game still going on as we're recording this and that's the uh the Lakers and the Nets it looks as though it's over though i was thinking uh that you know i don't know if you saw this but in the at, at some point i think it was in the first half there was a the nets got a tech and lebron shot the free throw and missed it i did, and kyrie said something it, yeah it? kyrie said that's your guy's best free throw shooter. Yeah. I, and then I, I heard, I was like, all right, well now the Lakers are going to win. Yeah. Cause every time someone talks shit and the cameras catch it, then LeBron goes off. But the nets are just in the zone right now. They're just in a different kind of zone. Like they're, they're playing really good basketball and it's without Kevin Durant, which is incredible for them that they're, they're doing this. But I mean, obviously the Lakers are shorthanded without AD and people are going to overreact to this game, I think, because, but, I said to you before we started recording any team that loses a top five player, it's going to take a minute to adjust to playing and no, and also knowing that you're not going to be with him for a while. Like it's going to take a minute. So I don't read too much into it other than it's more that it's just the way the, the nets are playing right now is incredible for them. Yeah. And Schroeder was out. Like their other, that's maybe, true.
1: maybe their third best scorer was out, you know? So yeah, they, no, they're that's a great point. I very, very, very shorthanded tonight. And I think
2: Frank Vogel, even before the game, they said he was like caught off guard because Schroeder is obviously not even just one of their best offensive players. He's one of their better deep perimeter defenders, too. Yes. So to guarding Kyrie, uh, that sort of changes things. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the shooter thing because I almost forgot about it. It's really interesting. This is the second time now with the Lakers that they've had a player. Be out because of health and safety protocols and it just kind of gets swept under the rug mm-hmm. like remember caruso yeah caruso was out for a while he was out for a while and no one was talking about it and now Schroeder's out and they and they announced it obviously because he's out and he's a starter he's more more important technically right to their that team's overall bottom line but um i feel like it's not going to get talked about and even if he takes a, I, I feel like maybe On some level, it's just because it's the Lakers, and they don't want to make a big deal. And like the NBA, they're on national TV so much. Like the NBA can't afford for LeBron to, especially with AD out, they can't afford for LeBron to have to sit because of health and safety and contact tracing. That's true.
1: Yeah, I also I just think different organizations are handling it differently with how tight lipped they want to be. And Mm -hmm. like Jason Tatum, I don't think that was ever disclosed by Boston that he had it. You know, it was just kind of assumed down the road. Um, so different teams are saying
2: like, no, I don't think anyone's been disclosed. I don't remember anybody, them coming out and saying this person had COVID. We just are, like you said, we're just assuming based on how long they're out. Well, Seth
1: Curry, th- that was confirmed, right? I thought that was confirmed. Like I thought a couple guys have been confirmed. Oh,
2: I feel like I haven't heard right? the Seth Curry one. You're right. But I feel like most of them, I haven't heard. Like, remember we yeah. were trying to speculate if Jonas had it, Valanciunas? Well, Remember I was making that point.
1: A while ago about HIPAA laws, I actually ended up researching it a lot. They were doing it differently last year. Like Christian Wood got pissed when that got out because they did disclose it um, before the bubble last year.
2: And who cares? Why would you be mad? It's just the flu. I mean, it's no, it's not just the flu. Sorry, that would offend a lot of people. This was—it's a version of a flu. Like it's—it's not. I don't want to name any diseases because people will get offended by that too. But I'm just saying, it's not like. Well, we know it it would be like it would be like if you missed the game for the flu and they were like oh he missed the game for the flu you missed the game for covid it's not like it's
0: well, not like a know, scarlet
2: letter to have covid
1: we know that now but at the time when christian wood got oh, super got it. pissed
2: it was not as clear like what we were dealing with so i kind of understood that but the but point it, is- it has been clear though. Oh, okay never mind i mean i get what you're saying but it hasn't it always kind of been clear like this like the flu is a coronavirus this is just a an amped up version it's not a scar- like it's not I don't know. I think there was some stigma like
1: early on when it wasn't like when things were shutting down because of this, I'm kind of on the side of like, Hey, can we just not disclose shit that I don't want disclosed about my health? I don't know.
2: But I, I, that's fine. I totally understand that. I'm just trying to understand like, why do people not want that disclosed? If anything that even back then they should have wanted it as public as possible because you don't want people coming around you. If you have it, like it's safer to disclose as in a situation like this, in my opinion, Disclosing information is the most important thing. Like it's, it doesn't pay to be secretive about people having a, a an illness that's killing people, like that is super contagious and can kill people. You should be actually ten times more open, just for everybody's sake. Don't go around this person. <laughs> like I understand the HIPAA laws and all that stuff, but come on. I mean, I'm just
1: saying, I. I- I don't have a problem with Christian Wood being pissed that the media got a hold of this and you know before he was able to really like tell people himself and that sort of thing. I, I guess.
2: don't
0: even remember how I, we
1: got on this, but it's oh, because shooter,
2: yeah, Schroeder. Because of Schroeder. Uh, yeah. Well, the yeah. Well, as far as this game goes, Brooklyn's up one hundred five, 85 with three minutes left, so this game's over. Um, like I said, this is the fifth win in a row for the Nets, and really, no, like a pretty spread out game. Like it wasn't like one wasn't like Harden or Kyrie went off. I will point out Joe Harris is shooting above 50% from three this year. Now, Mm -hmm. after this game, we, and we've talked a few times in this on here about how the, the big three has sort of impacted his impact on the game. But I, but really, I don't think it has. It just, he's just not scoring as much, but he is shooting. Like he's having like a historic shooting year. Mm -hmm. And probably because he's getting so many,
1: like just wide open looks you know mm-hmm. and he's not a guy that's just a straight up catch and shoot guy he can create a little tiny bit I think but when you've got three of the best scores in the league like that just he's just getting so many catch and shoot opportunities and he looks fantastic um, this is one of the, like the most under the radar great moves of the offseason was retaining Joe Harry it's weird because he didn't change teams but like making the decision to make sure they kept him was really huge for this team.
2: And I know I bring up the heat a lot on this show, but the heat also played tonight. And I think there's a lesson to be learned here that you don't, you don't do everything in your power to, to uh, cater to Joe Harris's ability to succeed. You put the players around, you go out and you get the best players ever. And a guy like Joe Harris can thrive. And I say that because of the Duncan Robinson thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, But they are playing i mean they're like the only team right now in the east playing good basketball like everyone else is just it's just not good i mean the raptors are starting to play pretty good. we'll talk about them in a second but they they are they look right now even without kevin durant and without a lot of depth they look like the clear clear favorite right now in the in the east i would say so
1: um, sixers aren't playing bad right now but they they're not as tough as they looked in the beginning of the year um yeah I mean Brooklyn's won four straight two without Durant oh five two. straight
2: this game is oh. five oh, okay yeah and has it been two without Durant or three I, think it's I just don't no. But, but they also had that week where he was out because mm-hmm. of uh COVID and
1: they had a, a a pretty solid discussion on the halftime show on TNT like is this a finals preview and uh it's it all hinges on Anthony Davis' right. health of course but like I mean, I think pretty much everybody at this point will be shocked if Brooklyn doesn't at least go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So this this very well could be a finals preview. I hope it is. You know what mm-hmm. I was thinking? I, I, I would, I'd have to look it up, but I'm almost certain this would be the first time two leading scorers are going to face each other again in the finals, each on different teams. Like LeBron faced Durant in, that, what was that, Miami and OKC? And mm-hmm. now they're both on different teams. Well, and also Cleveland and Golden State. Oh my God! Wow. So it's three. They're gonna face yeah. each other three different times on three on each on three different
2: teams. That, that's pretty awesome. I mean, um, doesn't that also sort of emphasize that these are two of the top players to ever play the game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. We
1: when you talk about like incredible rivalries, like Magic and Bird, they were always on the same teams,
2: you know, and, mm-hmm. and oh, that's remarkable. Yeah, it is. It's wild. It also. Like, I've mentioned this before, too, as far as KD is concerned, like, if KD was, if KD came along now, he, his career, he would finish his career as arguably the best player ever, I think. Like, I I think the fact that he's played so much of his career in LeBron's league Mm. is going to impact where he stands uh, at the end of the day, because LeBron's LeBron, but KD's, Katie would go down as the best scorer ever. He may still go down as the best pure scorer ever, but if LeBron wasn't in the league, I think we'd be talking about him as hands down the best player in the NBA for all these years. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And you would be talking about him as like a top five player to ever play the game. I don't think people will talk about him that way because I mean, they also say like, Oh, he left and went and played for the warriors and all that stuff, you know, that thing. But I don't, I don't think he'll go down as well. I guess if, if he wins, if he wins a title with Brooklyn, if he wins one or two more titles, then he, he'll be in the conversation. But I think so. A number, like yeah, you mean for top five
1: player of all time, right? Yeah, I mean, how yeah, could he I not? So,
2: how could he not be? He's so he's already a top ten player ever to me, right? Yeah. I mean, I know that people have their the ranking thing is dumb, and the convert the goat, and all those conversations are kind of dumb because it's eras and this and that, but. I don't know how you could just watch Kevin Durant and not think he's, a th- just watch him and not think he's mm-hmm. one of the top 10 players that were, I mean, if you like, if you, if you really do love basketball, like there are very few players he's that not are more He's. That, there's on. just, yeah, just there's very few players that are more fun to watch play basketball than Kevin Durant because of how incredibly skilled he is as a scorer. I mean, and that's all anybody wants, right? We just want to see high scoring games. Really, I mean, I like seeing good defensive games, like defensive teams, but for the most part, the league has, as obviously, all of the rules have transitioned toward making sure the score, the games are as high scoring as possible. Mm-hmm. And he's the best one to do it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not concerned about the Lakers, though. I mean, I mean, well, I am concerned about the Lakers long term with the AD thing, but this, dang, this loss doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now. A loss that does mean a lot that happened tonight. Milwaukee. My goodness. Um, how, I mean, wh- what degree are the burns on Mike H- Bootenholder's booty right now? His keister is uh, pretty chapped right now. Yeah, he's feeling, I mean, he is feeling the heat down in his hole, not in his soul. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh they lost their fifth in a row. Then they got, I mean, they there was never a point in this where this was even a game against the Raptors. They lost 110-96. They've lost five in a row now without Drew Holiday. It is, again, when I mean, we say this every game that they lose now, but it's unacceptable to lose five in a row just because Drew Holiday is out. You're still, you still were the best team in the East for two years and have the back-to-back MVP and the defensive player of the year. You shouldn't be getting just beat up, beat down like this. And today in this game, more so than the other games that they lost, the body language, it's starting to have, like the body language is starting to be a thing now with them. Like yeah. I, I've seen this from many teams, teams that I've been part of too, like worked for, but you, I've seen this with teams. This this game was one of those games where it was just like, what we, we just don't, we don't want to be here. Like this is, it's a struggle. Things are not good. And generally speaking, when you get blown out like this by a decent team, the team that you probably should be beating with the bet, with one of the guys who's supposed to be one of the best players in the league, it doesn't end well for the coach.
1: No. Yeah. I I think he's going to get canned during the year this year because they just like it, just seems like the, the word is out on how to beat this team. Um, mm-hmm. if you're a good defensive team, like you're probably in pretty decent shape to beat the Bucks, especially if they don't have Drew Holiday, because they, they just can't do anything offensively once you uh, like nip their fast break in the in the bud. They only had seven fast in the bud, nip them, yeah, nip it in, yeah, in the bud, in the coach bud, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, Bucks had seven fast break points tonight and it looked clearly by design for the Raptors. You know, the, the Raptors only had, Oh, they they actually got eight offensive rebounds, but they were just determined not to let Giannis get out on the break. And then that makes every
2: single one of his 20 field goal attempts difficult, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about this. You texted me about the fast break points and that's just, I mean, that's a, that is a strategy for any team. Like when I was with Steve Clifford, uh, more so than any coach, like some, most coaches harp on certain things. I think a lot of coaches in the NBA have the same, have similar principles, but his biggest things were always defensively were uh, get back in transition. As soon as a shot gets up, right. Don't, don't offensive rebounds don't matter. Go back, get, I mean, if you get, if a ball bounced out to you, go get it. But other than that, get back in transition because scoring in the half court against, it doesn't matter how bad you are defensively. If you're, team has time to get set unless you're the Kings. It's hard to score against half court defense in the NBA. So get back. Don't allow transition baskets defend without fouling. Don't give up, you know, don't give up free throws, obviously. Right. And then points in the paint, like don't allow points in the paint. So. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest keys is not allowing fast break points. And this team more so in the past than ever in the, than I remember in the past, like in the past, I always thought over the last few years, they were so potent offensively. It seemed like that even when they were losing games, it was like, all right, they could come back at any moment. Cause they shoot the ball and they play defense. They caught, they force turnovers, get out on the break. But I watch this team now. And if you, if, if you get up double digits on this team, I'm like, ah, they looked over.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, they've definitely cooled off shooting them. I mean, they started out so hot from three to start the year. Um, we knew that wasn't sustainable, but um, they're just not shooting the ball very well. They'll get Drew back. They're still going to win a ton of games when Drew gets back. But uh, I just think I just think they're, they're in bad shape come playoff time. I really
2: do. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people probably think that about this team now, too. Their next four games are against – hold on, I had it pulled up here – their next four games are games. I mean, basically, you know, look, they play OKC, Sacramento, Minnesota, New Orleans. So this is it for Bud, right? right. Like this is get it. Three
1: of these, if not, I all mean, four. yeah.
2: Like if you if you, I mean, if you lose your next game, like if they if they lose one or two more games, he's got to. The thing is that's interesting is, like. He's got to be on the hot seat. It's not being reported. Like, I don't see anybody talking about it, which is interesting. Uh, But their last game before All-Star break is March 4th. But they still have, like, seven or eight games before All-Star break. So, Budenholzer has an opportunity here to save his job, at least for the time being, with a nice run that they can start here before All-Star break. Because if they can go... And reel off four or five against some of these shitty teams, they probably won't fire him at the break. But if he doesn't, he's getting fired at all star break. I, 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 like, again, I have told you this. I hate talking about coaches getting fired, but it just, it is what it is. It's just, it's just how it works. Like, they can't, they don't have the ability to make any major moves. The roster is, this is their roster this year. So something's going to change if they're yeah. getting beat by bad teams. Like, OKC back to back against Toronto, they're just losing to bad teams or bad and, Subpar teams, it sucks, but it is—it's going to happen. People were calling for him to get fired last year when they lost in the playoffs. So. Yeah, um,
1: I wonder. I mean, we know Giannis is incredibly like loyal and that sort of thing. If he's that, could save Budenholzer? If if Giannis is unbelievably loyal to him and
2: would create a massive issue, don't think, at this point, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I just don't. I mean, I don't think. I understand that and players like a Giannis do hold a lot of control, but at some point when you're running an organization, you have to, you have to be able to say like, we're not winning with this coach. We got to make a change. And I, and and if it pisses Giannis off, so be it. it, it should piss him off more that they can't win games. Like that should be his concern. It shouldn't be like, Oh, well, Please, I love this coach. Let's let's keep him and keep losing. His concern should be all right, I trust the GM, I trust the front office to do what we need to do to win. And if it's getting rid of the coach, whether that's right or wrong, we got to do something. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I just think they're at a I think they're past that point if they keep losing. I think they're past the point where Giannis could protect him. And I honestly don't think Giannis gives a shit about Bud. Like I'm sure he likes him. And I don't think he's gonna die on that hill, you know. mm mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know Giannis at all. But Marv Albert, it was pretty funny. Uh, Giannis was at the free throw line. They, they've been playing his brother, Thanassis, a little bit. And he made a couple energy plays. And Giannis was at the free throw line. And Marv Albert was like, Thanassis's brother is at the line. <laughs> good. Marv still got it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. That guy,
1: Thanassis actually had a crazy str- like energy stretch.
2: Well, like yeah like everywhere but well it's, it's it easy. was a lot more it was a lot more obvious because Chris Weber couldn't stop talking about it. yeah the way Chris okay. Weber was talking about the the energy you would think that the bucks were like making a comeback mm-hmm. they were still playing terrible the guy's just running around like a madman mm-hmm. respect to him it's what he's got to do to to be in the NBA like Chris the way Chris Weber was talking about it like this is the type of guy that gets your guys going and this is how you win game. When you're, when you're struggling, you come back because this guy makes the rest. No, everyone else still looked like they did not want to play basketball tonight mm-hmm. <laughs> and they still the score show, got their yeah. ass beat <laughs> by the Raptors. It's uh, <laughs> just, just like, what are we? Chris Weber, man. Oh, man. We, we we do. I mean, we we dog that guy a lot. So that'll be it for me on Chris Weber today. Uh, <laughs> the Raptors have been playing better since they went to this small lineup with Siakam at the 5 basically. Yeah, and Bembry got his first start of the year tonight, which
1: is kind of weird, I guess. Um Yeah, they're they're playing a lot better. They're no, still no,
2: no Kyle Lowry.
1: Yeah. Got the ankle still There's still no uh, a game under 500. Um they this team just doesn't scare me whatsoever, but I do think they're a, I think I they're a definite playoff team for me right now. They're
2: going to they're going to get in there. Um, but they don't scare me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of teams in the East where we have to start talking about them, less about, like, do they scare me in the playoffs and more, like, can they make the playoffs? Because yeah. there's going to be so many teams fighting to, to be in the back half of the Eastern Conference playoffs. And the way they're playing now, they're, health, they're getting healthy other than, I mean, now they have the Kyle Lowry injury, but OG's back and Fred VanVleet has been playing good and Siakam seems to have a resurgence playing as the small ball five right now. Mm. They, yeah, the way they're playing, they can win enough games to be a playoff team. I mean, I think we thought that, anyways, from the beginning. Yeah, once but the their, season started, they got off to that horrible start, and I wasn't really sure, to be honest. I thought right, but their place. bigs were so, well, it's because their bigs are so bad. Yeah, they're so bad, and they've and Nick Nurse, to his credit, did what he had to do. He's making the adjustments that a guy like Budenholzer seems to really not be able to make throughout his time in Milwaukee of being able to figure out like, what do we do here to, to win games when we're struggling? So yeah, you know I, think, I think it's interesting. There'll be a playoff team
1: as the standings sit right now, Milwaukee and Toronto would play each other in the first round. And like, that is not a good matchup for Milwaukee, clearly. And I could see
2: it ending that way. I really should. Um, what's well, not a good matchup for Milwaukee, I guess, if Budenholzer's coaching, but who yeah. knows with how it's going to look, True. but also with Drew, I, I don't think it's, I think with Drew, I guess anything's possible at this point with Milwaukee, but with Drew, I kind of think they beat the Raptors. Yeah, I would think. Um, but again, the Raptors just did this without Kyle Lowry. So who knows? Uh, and then the, the only other game, the last game from Thursday night. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah. To, the last game from Thursday night. I, would, I kept saying, I kept thinking it was Wednesday today when I was at work earlier. I don't know why. the hmm. uh, Heat get a win against the Kings I would say good win I guess every win right now for the heat is a good win is you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat mm-hmm. uh, they beat the Kings 118 110 uh any game, every wins a good win but there are still some pretty glaring issues with this team when you watch them play like the Kings had 10 offensive rebounds in the first half. And Marvin Bagley and Nemanja Bjelica look like oh look God. they look like all stars in the first half. Glenn Robinson uh, had nine rebounds in the first half. It's just the Heat's front court is just it's not good. Bam is I mean Bam's good, but nobody else is. They just they don't rebound. Their their defense is still not very good. And like I mentioned off the top, the Kings have the worst defensive rating in NBA history right now. Uh, so. Yeah, you should score 118 points. You should probably score 130. But you also shouldn't give up 110. And the the Heat in this game had opportunities to pull away multiple times, and the King just kept, like, keeping it within striking distance. And I was even thinking to myself, like, God, it's a good thing they're not playing Steph Curry tonight because it looked just like last night. It looked like Heat get up big, Kings make a little bit of a run, but unlike the Warriors, the Kings are at – are. It's crazy that the Kings have 12 wins watching them play. Especially with that defense. It's like it's they're 12 and 16 now. That's crazy. In the East, they'd be fighting for the playoffs. mm -hmm. And they have the worst defense in NBA history. It's crazy that like I don't even know at this point. We always talk about Luke Walton potentially getting fired. Is it more impressive that they have 12 wins with how bad their defense is, or is it a product? I wonder if it's like, is it more impressive that he's able to get these guys over the hump with such a bad defense, or is it that he's such a bad defensive coach and they would actually be a good team yeah, if they had a coach who would coach them defensively kind of like a weird chicken or the egg type yeah. situation um
1: i kind of just feel like their 12 wins are more a product of nobody taking them seriously and they you know it's like a west coast trip for a lot of east coast like i just feel like they catch teams on the right night and and i don't think they're going to sustain that i think this <laughs> this team this team truly could finish with the worst record in the league if uh, if things go poorly, for they do them. have
2: talented players. Yeah. They've got
1: yeah talented, but I mean, when you have the worst defensive rating in NBA history, like there's just, I don't think winning games is, is sustainable at all. Right. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um I will say it's like a good win for the heat in the sense that they have absolutely zero margin for error in games like this, you know, like they just, mm-hmm. when you play teams like the Kings and, and the thunder from now on and the wizards like you just have to win them and they get this win tonight. And the other thing is Tyler Hero gets 27. Um so yeah, he's playing be-
2: he's he's like been up and down but he's had a few good games on this road trip. Mm-hmm.
1: I think if they're going to turn this season around, it's they're going to need him to be a 20 like 20 per game guy for them for sure. So maybe if this can get him going confidence wise. I'm
2: 100% on this. If they do want to turn this season around, they have to make a move. It's, it's, they're past the point of no return for me. Like, it's easy to win a game and see guys play well and be like, okay, maybe we can do, but this is one of the worst teams in the NBA. So you should win this game. It doesn't change the fact that it's been an awful year and you have to do something. Something's got to be done. Like, it's still need to make a move. They look last year at this point, they were playing great basketball and they made a move. Like, it, it just, The roster. I was also thinking about this with the Heat today too. Last year, when they when this roster got put together, they sort of put they made this this offense that they like instilled the ball movement, shooting a lot of threes, getting it like spreading it around and all that, which you should do, right? But no one guy type of thing. Part of that was because I don't think like they thought they had a team that could be as good as it was. And I think they don't. (laughs) So I think like in that aspect, they probably need to tweak some things too. Like, but I don't think Jimmy Butler wants to be that guy. He never, he's not, doesn't want to be that guy. Your your two best shooter, your two best players can't shoot. So it's, I don't know. Something's got to, they got to shake something up roster wise, but they won. So they have two more games on this road trip. Lakers, and the thunder so we'll see what happens but oh you know what speaking of the Lakers I forgot to mention LeBron passed 35,000 points tonight mm-hmm. third player ever to do it fastest today right. is like he's the fastest to get to five thousand ten thousand fifteen thousand twenty thousand twenty five thousand thirty thousand and thirty five thousand that's from is that in terms of games or age I think no. it's games oh, okay I'm surprised Durant
1: didn't didn't beat him on any of those but um well, KD had injuries. The, yeah, I guess. He, yeah, that's the other thing is LeBron just never. Well, I guess if it's games, out.
2: then it doesn't matter. It might be age. Well, age-wise, yeah, LeBron's always a year ahead because he didn't. Yeah, it spend must be. In, maybe it is age. I guess because I mean, it, was, it might be age because if KD had injuries, then he didn't play, so games wouldn't be. A yeah, thing.
1: But the age thing also gives LeBron the advantage because he didn't have to go do a right, year of right, college. Right
2: right yeah i don't know still incredible I just, yeah i always just see those like every time he passes a threshold they're like reminder lebron yeah this <laughs> this 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 and this yeah he's the best ever don't at me because i'm a twitter guy now well you're cash so that's fine i'm casual uh okay so there's only three games tonight and we still talked for 30 minutes about him look at us Whew. a real hardcore nba pod calling me a casual i just talked for 30 minutes about three years the economy is
1: made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the fed Marketplace breaks it all down so
2: you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Uh the All-Star starters came out today. Some real controversy out there. Uh I'm I think playing. you're mispronouncing that, but that's fine. No, oh, dude, you're you're mispronouncing it. Uh So for the so LeBron and KD led the voting, so they are the Captains for the All Star Draft, and then the other starters are for the West for the starter pool because they stuff the draft. Uh, for the front court, it's Jokic and Kawhi Leonard, and the back court is Steph and Luca. And then for katie the or for the East starter pool is Giannis and Embiid, and then Brad beal and Kyrie Irving. Glad, I'm happy Brad Beal makes it. I think Me he too. deserves it. I think yeah. he deserves it, even though they suck. Um, a lot of people not happy that Luca made
1: it over Dame. Yes, that's what that was what I was going to bring up. I didn't even know that. I wasn't on Twitter today.
2: Um, well, because you know how the voting works now, right? It's 50% fan voting, 25% media, 25% players. And the players and the media voted for Dame. Mm -hmm. And the fans voted for Luca and I guess somehow it weighed out to Luca still. Yeah. I just think, I mean, Luca is like
1: as big of a star as there is right now. And especially overseas too. Like I'm sure those votes were like astronomical. Um,
2: But I think. No, that, that I was actually going to say it's a test. I saw that. I don't know what the final numbers were, but I looked at last week's numbers that came out, like the voting numbers Uh and, and the fan vote. Dame was only like 300,000 votes behind Luca, which I was going to say is sort of a testament to how good Dame is playing that you would think with Luca having support as like an, you know, overseas and having an entire continent probably voting for him potentially. And, and Dame playing in Portland and not being on national TV all the time. Mm -hmm. You would think Luca would be a lot higher. So I think it is a testament to how good he is playing that he was even that close. Yeah.
1: Well, he's just—I mean—he's having the better season, and like I think, you know, being an all-star is, is very stat-driven and individual-driven. But when there's guys this tight in terms of numbers, like you got to look at the the Blazers are overachieving with two of their best players injured, and Dallas is underachieving. Yeah. Um So, I, I do think Lillard. I, I think it's a snub.
2: I do. It's not like egregious, but um, you know, I mean, it's a. And just t- eh, hey, it is, but he'll be in the game. So
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Also, a lot of people talking about how the Jazz. Really, I mean, what are you going to do? But only one guy, even in the like near the top of the voting, Donovan Mitchell, and they're the best team in the NBA
0: mm-hmm.
2: right now, like record wise. Uh, but that's not—I don't think that's as even remotely as egregious. Yeah, uh, Zach Levine got a lot of votes. That's cool. I mean, I think that means he'll definitely be in. No, Julius. I don't see Julius Randall anywhere. So that we'll see what happens there. Jimmy Butler, like. Jimmy Butler doesn't deserve to be in the all-star game.
1: Yeah, I I like that there's a blend of, you know, that the fans are a part of it, but I think they need to maybe go with like 30, like one-third for the fans because Jimmy Butler's not having an all-star year. He just isn't.
2: Well, I would um, I would be – I would like – I think it would be – even though there's – I think the problem is that there's only 30 coaches, but I wouldn't mind seeing like 25% fans, 25% media, 25% coaches, 25% players. I'd be all for that, yeah. Because coaches – Coaches know. Yeah. And I think, sure. like, I don't know. I mean, like, I think most coaches would be honest. Like, I don't think Eric Spolster would vote for Jimmy if he's not an actual all star, but maybe he would. I don't know.
1: If it was anonymous, definitely he would. Know, yeah. I don't know. The only, if it wasn't anonymous somehow, he'd probably vote for him.
2: Yeah. Actually, I guess, maybe. I don't know.
1: Hey, I mean, if I was a coach, I'd
2: probably vote for my guy. Yeah.
1: Looks good for the team. And- but still, it's only one guy that would be like uh,
2: right. the other 30 or the other 29 or whatever. Gonna yeah. do it. it all the rest of this, I think it's all right. I, I, I mean, look, obviously Embiid deserves to be in there over Giannis, but it's not surprising that Giannis gets the vote. Mm-hmm. It's like just from the because of the fan vote. Oh well, wait, Embiid's starting? Is he in the? Pool? Oh yeah, because they have yeah, three, yeah. three front court. Yeah, guys, yeah, Embiid's right, a starter. Whatever. That that would have been a big snub. I would have had a huge issue with that. But he was third been. in the voting, like, mm-hmm. uh, so. Also, again, just another testament to to KD, how good he's playing, that he beat Giannis in the vote. Yeah, That's also probably a product of the media vote. I'm, I'm sure the media – I'm sure – I haven't seen the breakdown, but I would imagine that the media all voted for Embiid over Giannis. Probably, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think so. You know I mean, he's saying. like the that darling right now. Well, and everyone's down on Giannis. They're playing <laughs> bad. I think they're all starting to realize it was a mistake to give him back-to-back MVP. Like all that stuff is going to start to add up too. Mm-hmm. They're turning. They're turning. They're turning on him. Yeah. As as predicted. But hey, who am I? I'm just a I'm just a casual. Yeah. Uh, man. Nets gonna have three all stars. You look at the East team and you look at the West team potentially, and it looks pretty even. But the West is so much better right now than the East. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, that, that Western all star lineup is absolutely disgusting. I think it has the. I mean, I don't know. Luca and Steph. I guess yeah. it's just because I'm such and, a Kyrie and, and hater. Dame,
2: Dame. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Kyrie's having the best year of his career, in my opinion. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh One thing that yes happened yesterday that we. I, well, I didn't see the quote yesterday. I saw the game. Uh, De- uh, Detroit played Chicago. We didn't even talk about the game much because it's Detroit and Chicago. We mostly focused on Jeremy Grant. I guess there was like a little spat in the game between Zach Levine and uh, Josh Jackson, who notably I think has like anger issues. Like I think in college, he yeah. got in trouble a couple times. Yeah. Uh, he, and then he was asked about it after the game and Zach Levine said, I'm only afraid of two people. God and my dad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a, little, I'm a little concerned for Zach Levine. Why is he scared of it? Why is he scared of his dad? Zach Levine's a pretty big dude. Like, I feel like, I don't know how old Zach Levine's dad is, but I got to imagine at this, like, yeah, when you're a kid, you can be scared of your dad. And Zach, come on, man. Your dad? Like, I feel like, you're a pretty big guy. Zach Levine's a pretty big guy. Like, I'd be more scared of Josh Jackson. Maybe his dad was
1: such and elite disciplinarian growing up that is he can't shake it he's just like if i step out of line i'm gonna get like gonna what are you talking zach thing. zach levine what do you fear about your dad like what's it's probably an aura it's probably not even physical it's not scared. like he's i'm a little scared of my dad tiny bit but there's people my dad I'm, listens I'm-
2: to my dad listens to the show and um yeah i mean like there was a point in my life where I was definitely scared. <laughs> like, I mean, at this point, though, and I'm not a big guy, but I guess what's he scared of? Is he scared his dad's going to beat him up? I know I'm not that scared that my dad's going to beat me up. Not at this point in our lives. We, but also I also wouldn't fight my dad. <laughs> like, so what are we talking about here?
1: Maybe it's more. But, I also, it. it's more, but I also,
2: I wouldn't fight God either. I was going to say, I'm much more scared of my dad than God. For sure. <laughs> well, let me just, I just want to point out for the people who do believe in God, and maybe it's, might, this might be a little disrespectful that Zach Levine called him a person. Yeah. Or I shouldn't even say him. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's that Zach Levine called good. God a person. Because if you believe in God, I would imagine you don't think God is a person. Maybe it's I don't know what pronoun God uses, but maybe it's, he, there, there is no
1: God. Yeah, God yeah, is the not right to call him. A, God. It's not right to call him a person. I don't think. Stop saying
2: him. It's not. Right. What do I say? It. I don't know. God. It's, just, it's, not, it's not right, right, it's right to, to call God, God a, person. a person. Okay. If you believe in God, right? It's up to you. It's your choice. Mm. But I am with you. I'm much more. If I'm going to be scared of anybody, it's probably my dad over God. Well, it's definitely my dad over God. <laughs> well, yeah, but I yeah. For, no, it's definitely my dad. Uh, you know what? I'm also more scared of Zach Levine's dad than God. <laughs> me too. I'm yeah. also I'm also more scared of Josh Jackson than God. And I'm more scared of Zach Levine than God. You want God me to keep
1: dead last for
2: me? You me, yeah, you me <laughs> yeah. You want me to keep this? This may turn off some of the listeners, but I I have a I could name a lot of people that I'm more scared of than God.
1: Yeah. Well, what are we? We're like 45 minutes in. Do we think we still have anybody? <laughs> what do you got this far? That's true. How many listeners are we to lose right now?
2: No, I, I am accepting of all beliefs. Oh, I don't care. If you, I don't care if you fear God. If the main person, if the main entity that you fear is God, good for you. Yeah. It's just not
1: probably has a lot to do with uh, why Zach Levine is where he is in his life.
2: Is that sort of uh, yeah. discipline. Good. And genetics help incredible skill as well. Yeah, work ethic. You know, there's a lot of things, which that's a lot of that's from his dad. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not from, I'm not even going to go down that path. I was, <laughs> was going to say, if there's, if he's scared of two people, there's definitely one or two things, definitely one of those we know for a fact is a reason that partially why he is where he is. Mm-hmm. Now, the other one, debatable it's
1: a gray area yeah
2: one the other one's a gray area but one of them for sure we know had a lot to do you know he had to they had to do some humping at one point in his life like we know his dad's not a virgin because zach levine's here he had to he had to do that for zach levine to be here you know what i mean i
1: thought about it like that really is your only proof
2: yeah yeah all right anyways I think I said, oh, there was one thing on a serious note, on a serious note. the On um, TNT, before the games, they've been doing this show this year called The Arena. And it's like, it's like a discussion between, they have like a, a host, and then they bring on like a white person and a black person. And they discuss like race relations in the United States. I like think the first episode they did, it was like a white cop and a black cop. And they just talk about like, how do we how do we get here? How do we fix things? That type of thing. It's, it's a good show. It's, it's interesting. And it's very informative. The, today's episode was Kyle Corver and Mike killer. Mike. I haven't watched the whole thing. I've just watched some of the videos that have been tweeted, but I'm going to go back and watch the whole thing. Killer Mike to me, one of the most important artists of any kind of this entire generation. And I'm just, I tweeted about this too it's amazing. It's awesome that he is getting a platform to speak about the things that he's been rapping about and talking about for like a decade. It's funny. Cause today when I was at work, I listened to his album. He has his, his last solo album is called rap music. Uh, came out in 2012 and it has songs on it that are like the most informative song, like shit there's songs on there. You can listen to and you'd be like, they never, even, they never taught us this in school, but it's like, like it's fact, and that's mm-hmm. ten years ago. I'm really been doing only this.
1: Listen to like run the jewels. So like, like because I'm he didn't sure become popular be. until
2: run. Yeah. The jewels. he yeah. didn't. I mean, unless you were like a big Southern Atlanta rap fan, or if you listened to, uh, or like he was on a mad. He was on the Madden soundtrack mm-hmm. at one point, and one of his songs became big. But his solo albums never became big. But his last album from it's called Rap, like R A P with uh, periods between, like them. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Um, there's a song on there called Reagan. Hmm. Okay, it is probably one of the most underrated songs of all time. I learned more about American politics in those four minutes, and just the the the, the what it happened, what is how we even back, but how we got to where we are now. In those four minutes, then I'm I I shit you not. Then the Broward County school system ever taught me. It's it's pretty remarkable. So it's did so. You go, did you point, go to public school,
1: or, or did your yeah. your dad, who's listening? Okay, I didn't know if he was going to be a little annoyed at one of his investments. I, I, I no, my dad, I a, my dad was a
2: my dad was a worked in public schools for for like 20, gotcha. 30 years or something like that. He was I'm a teacher. My, and in a in a principal and an administrator and all that shit. But I mean, my parents shelled out some money for private school. Didn't learn shit. Look, man, look at this point, anybody who thinks that I mean, I'm sure there's some places where public school is okay, but anybody who thinks that the public schools in in this country are doing a good job, they're just not. Their their eyes are not really open. Yeah. But I'm sure in some places they are. But I I would say this. And since my dad listens, he'll appreciate this. I definitely succeeded much more in my life because of the things that my parents taught me than the shit that I learned going to Cooper City High School.
0: Yeah.
2: It goes <laughs> back to our Kobe episode. Anybody still with us? Go
1: listen to our Kobe episode. We wrote that really strong about the parenting aspects of. Oh, what. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Go watch Mike. Killer Mike. That's I guess that's my I keep I was I, I was I keep almost calling him Michael Render because that's his real name. Mm-hmm. Like go watch Mike not. Render. I was like, go watch Mike Render. And then people are going to be like I don't know I don't know what that <laughs> the is. The is Mike Render. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um cuz he has it well, I I never learned that until there's a there's a, a one of the songs on his album. He's talking about um on that song Reagan. He's talking about how the government hates him for being a rat, like how they're like watching him. And the, one of the lines towards the end is who the fuck is this staring in my window, doing mass surveillance on Mr. Michael render or something like that. Mm. And I was like, Oh, that's his name. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. Thanks Mike. Uh, So go watch that show. I think it's, it's good to watch it. No matter what he, he's just putting stuff out there. doesn't matter what race you are. The, the information he puts out there is, he has like a PhD. He's been uh, like a he's worked in like city planning and like local governments his whole like his whole life. He just happens to be also one of the most talented rappers that there is. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, was, I'm going to watch it. And I thought gonna it was a good thing too. to give you guys throw out there for your guys. If you're if you're bored this weekend, you want to learn a little bit. Go watch it. What else,
1: Alex? We got anything else? I don't think so. No. It's so weird with the a short slate. We're, we're, let's check out the slate tomorrow. Oh well, we don't have a show until Sunday night, Monday morning. So to oh, miss you guys. Uh, I guess
2: Vogel says that Anthony Davis was reevaluated tonight and is out four weeks. Which originally was going to be re- he was originally going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. Now he's uh-huh. now he. Uh, it says was reevaluated tonight to confirm cap could be without the big man for a month. Expected to be out four weeks. Interesting. Okay. Which is, I told you when, when I saw the, what the injury was, the capture, I expected like, okay, it's gonna be one of those things where they say two to three weeks, then it's gonna be four weeks. Then it's gonna be six weeks. Like it's gonna, mm-hmm. and I,
1: I just I, like in baseball, I'm a baseball fan. And when you hear somebody has tendinitis, so I know that I mean, that's with the elbow, but I know they're, they're similar. But he doesn't
2: have tendinitis. He has tendrinosis.
1: I thought you said it, but it was like tendinitis of the Achilles. no did I make that up. Tendinosis. Yeah, but is it similar at all to tendinitis? I think so. I think it's just okay, a, that's, I think it's just a worse. I think that's it's just so a worse getting at, is that, I think
2: it's just a worse version of When tendonitis. you have
1: that, it's just rest, rest, rest. That's what you need. So, I think I think he's going to be going to be out a while, but the most important thing is just get him back 100% for the playoffs if possible.
2: Yeah, if possible. All right. Well, Everyone have a good weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the games. And we will see you on Sunday. Monday morning. Later.